0: All right, welcome back to the show. Greg Helbeck, Michael Pinter, marketing mini series. Today, we're going to cover internet marketing for real estate investing. We're not going to cover list based marketing. We're going to talk about two main channels of internet marketing that Michael and I have both done, which are SEO, which is Google organic search, and then pay per click, which is paid search on Google when you're bidding on keywords. And I know Michael, has some good experience with PPC, especially when he started, and I have some good experience with SEO. So I think um, this episode should give the listeners maybe a different perspective on how to attract leads in New York State, because there's definitely pros and cons to both of these. And there's a lot of benefits of getting inbound leads versus outbound leads. So we'll cover all that today, and I'm sure this will be a really helpful show. So Michael, how are you doing today, man? Good, good, real good. Awesome. How are you?
1: I know you guys got some flooding uh, in uh, the Northeast. I've been out of town for a while. I was safe. I was lucky enough to avoid it, but a lot of people are underwater. I just saw a picture of a friend of mine who went to the U.S. Open yesterday. She walked out into the uh, parking lot. It was like waist deep water there. It was crazy. Oh, my God. She's very short, but still.
0: Yeah, (laughs) still. They get the point. So. We're going to cover today SEO and PPC marketing, and, and you know I want to just kind of start off with your thoughts on it because I know you used to do a lot of pay per click when you first started doing direct marketing. So uh, I guess you will have you cover the pay per click side. I'll cover more of the SEO side because I've been doing that for a while, and uh, we'll talk about you know what it is and how you can really you know maximize this stuff in New York, especially because there's more skeptical sellers. Uh, this marketing channel can definitely be more profitable if you uh, know
1: what you're doing. Sure. So first of all, some people don't know what PPC, what the difference is between paid click and SEO. So when you go to a Google, uh, when you search something in Google, I think the way it works now is the first four things that show up are paid. And then after that is, is organic, which means nobody paid for you to click on it. And then there are more ads on the bottom. They're increasing their, their paid, paid presence because that's how Google makes like a billion dollars every hour. Um, So I remember when Google went public, I was like, what the hell? How did these guys make any money? Like they yeah. said, well, for a search engine, I didn't, and I didn't realize the genius that they realized at the point was that it's an amazing thing. Cause if you're searching for X, I mean, if you want to buy a left-handed baseball glove and I sell left-handed baseball gloves, I can just show up and give it to you. So the idea for Google for pay-per-click for real estate investors is somebody searching for some typical keywords. Is that that real dog behind you? No, no, it's a pillow. It's a fake dog because it looks like the real dog. You thought the uh, dog was okay. behind me. <laughs> uh, trying to get
0: a better internet connection here.
1: Yeah, yeah. funny. So the idea is that someone's going to search for how do I sell my house fast or, uh, you know, in a, in a lot of the country, there's uh, there's uh, uh, we buy houses, those well, things, not as much as in New York. But things like sell my house fast, sell my house fast in a certain area, and you want to show up and say, hey, I'm the guy who can buy your house. So that is pay per click. So when I first started going direct to seller about five years ago, um, I started investing in pay per click. So when it worked, so the the two main things in pay per click that you have to understand is that somebody has to manage that, right? You can self-manage it yourself. So you can go learn, right? There's a really famous book by, uh, who's the 80-20 guy? Terry Marshall. Marshall writes a book. That's about a good a book. book. I've read that about, really about pay-per-click. I never read it. And I and I have this weird uh, y- y- uh yearning to like learn it. And another part of me is like, that's gonna be a rabbit hole, you're gonna get It's bucks. really hard. I know it's super hard. So so what a lot of people do is they pay somebody else to manage it, right? And there's a yeah. huge variety of fees that you can pay to manage, right? There are people who will charge you a few hundred bucks a month to manage the campaign. There are a few there are people who charge you a few thousand dollars a month to manage the campaign, a few people. That will charge you a percentage of your ad spends how much you spend so you have to pay them that fee no matter what happens and then you have to pay google because every time somebody clicks on your keywords that you're that you're hoping to show up on whether whether they click on you and stay on your site for five seconds you have to pay them and that could be several hundred dollars a click or i mean usually it's less it's usually a couple dozen dollars a click yeah but then you need a lot of people to click on your site before they actually inquire. So you then want to capture their information. So either, so I remember when I had a landing page, it had a phone number to call, it had a form to fill out if they wanted, and it also had like a chat bot, which seemed like somebody was responding to them. So there are a lot of different ways to communicate with them. But the basics of pay-per-click are to show up when people search a term that you believe is going to be somebody that's a good, a good lead for you, and then capture their information and then reach out to them right away. That's basically yeah. how paper pay-per-click works. But you do have to spend a significant amount with Google for it to happen. Like it's not something where you're gonna say, I'm gonna spend a few hundred dollars a month. It's gonna be something where you're spending several thousand dollars a month so that you can get enough uh, clicks so that you get enough you get some leads. Yeah. And the biggest thing with
0: PPC that I've found is that it is it is a marketing channel that number one, like you said, if you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna just be burning money like is there's going to be a a hole burning in your pocket and money's going to be falling out because there's so many nuances with, you know, getting the right traffic and then having a bad conversion rate. And, you know, we're not internet marketing gurus by any means. So we don't really, I barely know what I'm talking about with PPC. You know, I know a little bit, but not enough to be profitable. So at the end of the day, the biggest thing I've noticed with Google ads is that you need to pretty much be willing to spend a certain amount of money every single month to buy a customer or else you're you're in trouble. So what I really mean by that is like you need to be committed. And I'm sure this is what you were doing Michael back when you were doing this hardcore to be spending 10 to 15 grand a month or whatever your number is to then expect to buy one to two properties to make 30 40 50 grand because that's how you have to look at Google
1: because there's so many things that change. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean I don't know if it's 10 to 15, you might probably can start at like 6 to 8,000. Yeah, yeah, that's But you need to it has to be a significant commitment and you have to uh and you got to do it for a while, right? Like, yes. like everything in New York, you got to commit for a while. I did it for 18 months and I and I, I probably got a three to one return on it. I think I'll spend the 8,000 a month um, in the end, but towards the end, like the last six months, I wasn't getting any leads. Like What happens very often, and this is why you need somebody to manage it, is Google tweaks their algorithms all the time, right? And what you think, what works today can stop working in six hours from now. And you need somebody managing it that says, oh, I see what's going on. And I don't even know what the hell you have to change exactly because you're not really changing your keywords. You're changing how you bid. You're changing. Uh, there's all, there's a lot that goes into PPC when it comes to bid strategies, because it's basically an auction, right? Well, Google says, Oh, you want uh sell my house fast in New York. That right. How much are you going to pay for it? And you can say, I'm going to pay 50 bucks for, for a click. Somebody else might say, I'll pay a hundred dollars for a click, but then yeah, that guy's yeah. budget might only be a thousand dollars. So after he gets 10 clicks, it might come to you. Costs, that's Yeah, that's how it works. So, it's not a, it's not a simple thing. Right. And I, and like I said, some part of me really wants to learn how to do it because I think it's such a great, such a great skill to know. But the other part of me is like, I know this is something I'm going to spend way too much time on. And I'm probably not going to really know it as well as the people that know it now. So yeah. we're both fans of the who not how book uh, from Dan Sullivan. And I think uh, most people starting out, you're probably better off paying somebody else to manage it. Yeah. A hundred
0: percent. It's because at the end of the day, like you're, in the real estate, because that's like one set, that's one business. And then the second business is I'm going to buy real estate and make some money on it. So you got, you got to learn one business at a time, you know? Right. So that's why a lot of agencies don't buy houses and a lot of real estate investors don't run agencies right? because there's just too much to know. So the biggest thing I've noticed with PPC ads, and then we'll, we'll transition into SEO in a little bit is that they're more motivated because they're finding you, right? So Michael, talk about your experience when you were doing PPC at a high level, what what the general kind of you know lead quality was, and then like how many of those did you really need to buy properties? Because it's a totally different conversation from my experience.
1: Right. So for me, it really was when I transitioned from buying at auction to going direct to seller. So I I got some monster deals from it right away. Like I got I got a six-figure deal in Greyneck from it, like pretty quickly. From and, PPC. Um, I'm from PPC. No kidding. And um, so what what I found is that the lead quality is better in that you, you have, uh, you're still going to have shitty leads. Oh right? yeah. hundred percent. And you're still going to have leads that you'll never be able to touch, but you probably have, need fewer leads from PPC to get a deal than you would from another lead channel. let's a cold calling or texting because it's, it's, it's inbound marketing instead of outbound marketing, right? This is someone who, you know, already want, should want to sell a house, right? Assuming they're not just a gag and you're going to get gag stupid things on there too, but, in theory, if it's a real live person, um, you know when, when I when we cold call, there's a whole qualification process that goes on. It leads the text too. Do you want to sell? Why do you want to sell? You know what's going on. It, when when you have a PPC lead, you know you know they want to sell. You almost don't even care why. But, I mean, you want to know why because it's, it's important. But 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 you know that they're motivated, right? I don't have to really gauge motivation if they're looking for me. That's a good thing. So it's a better quality lead. Um, so I think on I'm, I'm, the end, I average probably 22 leads to get a deal. But I would say if I was just doing PPC, I would need less. That doesn't mean I'm going to spend less because my cost for PPC lead is much more than it is for yeah. my other leads. So that's the balance that you have to go through. And that's why knowing your numbers. But the, what the part is that people, think thing that people are talking about with knowing your numbers is, especially in New York, you need like 12 to 18 months to figure out what your numbers are, right? Because yeah. I, I hit a home run straight out of the gate there. Where I made one hundred twenty thousand dollars on a deal. I mean, in theory, if I stopped right there, my return on investment would have been, you know, $10, like a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. but it wasn't right. It ended up being three to one, and that's only because of deals. Some deals I closed a year after I had stopped spending money for ads. So, in New York, like if you you need to be doing something for a year to figure out really what it costs you per lead, what it costs per lead per appointment, you know, uh, per deal, and what your average is on a deal. You know, in other parts of the country where you can just bang out deals quicker. You can get numbers a little, little, little better, but oh, 100%. Uh, it's definitely a higher quality. Any any inbound lead is going to be a better, a higher quality than a lead where someone reached out to them first.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And that that one in twenty one is really good in Long Island because that's that's I mean it, it's 20%. there's less competition, but there's it's more expensive. You know, it's not like you're in Albany where there's hood houses for ten bucks where you can section eight, those things and uh, get a Rolls Royce, you know? So it's just a little bit, you know, the thing I've noticed too, like in in terms of lead quality is like, like the deals that I, like I have a house right now in New York that we're going to get under contract. He was supposed to sign, he was supposed to sign today, but the weather kind of screwed him up from signing. So this guy, he has a very valuable property. It needs a shitload of work, but he's not a moron. And the thing in New York that I've noticed is that it's just like California nine out of 10 people are not morons and i, I and I'm, I'm not like saying people all over the country are morons but when i was in texas buying a lot of real estate i had to make sure i was not manipulating people because i could pretty much they were not they just were not as astute as people in new york and california and as, I, I might offend people here
1: you were not as sophisticated or savvy
0: sophisticated yeah and it, like it, it i've just seen like in texas for example and even in Oklahoma, I got a house in Oklahoma one time under contract. By and even Iowa, I fucked around one time and just started spray mailing everyone. And these people were just like, I could have gotten them to sign the freaking deed over to me without buying. No, I'm just kidding, but you know what I mean. Like it just, it was a totally different like conversation. So, and if you're going to be investing in New York, you just got to know, even though you're marketing and you're going to spend money on pay per click, maybe or whatever SEO. We'll talk about that in a minute. The type of motivated seller you think is calling is not gonna sound like a lot of these gurus make it seem. And that's where the, you gotta know by listening to this podcast, like when you have even a tiny fraction of motivation, usually the property is the problem. It's not the seller and they're not going you know, bankrupt tomorrow. It's the property is usually the problem. I, AKA they inherited the house. There's a bad tenant. You know The house needs some sort of work. And the seller is willing, and they're going to admit to you, they're willing to trade that equity for speed and convenience. They're not necessarily.
1: I think you just froze. I don't know if you can hear me, but I can't hear you right now. Can you hear me? The moving. seller's
0: motivated, but then we're able to talk about the numbers and like it ends up being a deal and they're like, oh my God, I didn't even know that. And I'm like, yeah, this
1: is a different kind of a conversation. hundred percent. So- and I think, I think what a lot of gurus out there teach is that You're gonna call and basically take a sledgehammer and hit people over the head by saying, (laughs) You're gonna, I'm gonna sell your house. I can close 24 hours. I can close right now. Like I'll sell your house. Sell me your house. Sell me your house. Sell me your house. Yes. And I have found that that turns a lot of people in our areas off. Yes. As you say, they're more sophisticated. And it's pretty much I I, have very, very rarely bought a house from a guy that just needed to sell it really quickly. I have bought some but it's very rare, more yes. likely, as you say, it's someone who understands that they are giving up money for the certainty and convenience that a, that an investor provides. And it's such a mind shift. It's such a mindset change. And I think a lot of people that aren't successful in this business don't have that mindset and they think, well, I'm coming in there to get over on this seller and I'm going yeah. to take advantage of this guy. He thinks his house is worth 300 and really his house is worth 500. And I'm going to pay him this 300 and turn around. But it's not, it's not really that. We provide a service for people who do not want to deal with the alternative, which is why you and I very often will ask, like, why don't you just list it? We're not af- afraid of that question because if the guy is going to end up listing it, I want, I'd rather know now, right? If the guy goes, yeah, I'm thinking about listing it, then like I, I had, I had a, a lead today that uh, my Dispo guy actually was working the lead because I, he went on the appointment once when I couldn't go. And we saw the house yesterday and the house is in really good condition. Does, doesn't need anything. And we made a low offer because there was a tenant in there like six months ago, tenant just left, so we saw it. And then she cleaned it out it's in perfect condition. So I told my, my dispo guy, it was great. I said, listen, find out if this if listing is an option because if listing is an option, I'd rather try and get the listing. I said, because we're going to come in in the threes because what we need to pay. And really, she could sell it in the fours. If we, if we come in just at the threes and she calls up any agent, we're never going to get the deal. If yeah. listing is really on the table, then let's give her both options. If listing's not on the table for whatever reason, she doesn't want to sell to, a, she doesn't want to list it for a variety of reasons that we all know, whatever it is, I don't want to deal with it, I'm a COVID afraid, uh, I don't want to be on a buyer's timeline, whatever it is, then I'll we'll make her a fair offer. And, and, and that makes sense for her, but she's and, but she's going to leave some money on the table selling it to us. So it's like, you, the idea that you're going to get over on people is just a huge, is a huge mistake. like that. It, and I know people, I know people, I can't say this for sure, but I know people who sort of got into the business had that mindset that uh, we have to take advantage of people and then things didn't work. They yeah. didn't work because because they because they weren't scumbag thieves, right? So if you're not a scumbag thief and you think that what we do is scumbag thievery, it's not going to work with you, right? It's, yes. it's going to be morally repugnant for every time. You yeah, 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 totally. So I think you need to think of this in terms of what it really is, which is really we provide a service, we provide certainty and convenience to people and they understand that they're giving up money for that. 100%, and that...
0: That's how you maximize your marketing too. And I'll tell you what, Michael, just to to beat just to cover this point because it is relevant to the lead gen stuff. I have a lot of people call me, and they speak to my assistant now, which is a great hire. And she actually makes offers and negotiates for me now. By the way, which really is cool. she knows how to analyze properties. She's freaking smart, man. She's That's freaking awesome. smart. Yeah, I, I take the brunt of it, but she knows. I'm training her now on how to do that. That's awesome. Anyway, yeah, yeah, um, light level stuff, but not nothing crazy. But anyway. A lot of people are gonna list their house in their retail. And I think the biggest thing that I'm seeing now is that sellers are grateful that I'm very upfront with them. They're not, they're thanking me for being candid and they're thanking me for not pulling this crap. There's people in my market that are, you know, they might not know what they're doing and they they try to like sell the seller on a low ball offer. I say, listen, seller, I'm gonna be upfront with you from day one here. And it sounds to me like you wanna get the most money from this house, which is totally understandable, which is logical, I get it. i wanna do the same thing. And I think if you're not in a time crunch, which it sounds like you're not, a little Chris Voss label right there, you're always gonna do better if you list the house. And with that magic statement there that is nothing uh, novel, they're gonna say two things, Greg, you're so right, thank you for being honest with me. Let me refer you someone, or Greg, I understand that. And I don't want to do that because
1: of X, Y, and Z. So either way, I'm going to win. You know what I mean? A 100%. And there, what I've been doing a lot lately is I'm telling people, listen, you can list this. I've seen people houses that aren't great, but they're good enough. And in today's market, almost anything sells. Yes. I'm you, you, know, you can list this, right? And I'm going to tell you, you're going to make more money from it if you list it. And if you want, I can list it for you. And I pitch them on why they might want to list it with me because I take listings. I go, but you might want to sell it to me. And you're going to take less money, but I'll just tell you the advantages. I'll close whenever you want. You don't have to clean it up. That's a big deal Huge. to a lot of people, right? She goes, I've had people like their eyes, they, I don't have to move the furniture. I go, you can leave everything here. I go, that's it. one of the advantages of selling to me. I go, I'll close whenever we agree. I'm never going to change the price on you. So I'm not going to do an inspection and say, oh, I would need $20,000 for this and that. I'm not going to do an appraisal and say, oh, you need to put railings on the outside because FHA. I'm not going to do that. So just understand, you're going to take less money. And then I tell them, if you list it, you can get X. And if you sell it to me, you can get why. And they, they're super appreciative. And I go, whatever yeah. you want to do. And I go, even if you don't list it with me, you don't sell it to me, I'm here to help you in any way I can. If you need help with anything, I'm a resource for you. And I mean it. And I, I'm, I'm just trying to help them. hundred percent.
0: And that's the way to go. And that's how you maximize your marketing. And you can, you can really help the people who you can really help and tell the people who you can't help why you can't help them. Or if you're going to take listings, you can take the listings. By the way, side note, the brokerage business Makes a lot of sense. I'm just going to say that straight up, and here's why. And then I'll cover SEO. At the end of the day, and this is how I looked at it. I thought about this like in in depth a while ago. If you're flipping homes or wholesaling homes, and you're not buying long-term rentals, which we do that as well, but that's literally a completely different business, different economics. You're going to make money by transacting real estate, right? You're either going to make a big profit on a fix and flip, a pretty big profit on an assignment, or you're going to make a big commission if you're if you're doing a brokerage deal. So at the end of the day. You're there to solve problems. And sometimes if you have a broker's license or you're a real estate agent, you're just going to be able to make more money by solving more problems. You have another tool in your tool belt. So it's a lot of people who think agents are slimy or brokers are wheeler dealers. They're totally idiotic because at the end of the day, you're doing the same thing. You're literally making money once. And it's like, it's it's, it's, it's it's insane how people are, oh my God, real estate agents, they smell bad. They don't wear deodorant. Yeah. Like, I've, seen,
1: I've, seen, yeah. I've seen these gurus who say that, A, you don't want to be licensed because then you're governed by some real estate board and you, clearly you're doing something wrong. I mean, these are people who don't understand the business, right? Because yeah. as we just said, if you believe that every time we buy a property discount, we're taking advantage, then yeah. Then if you're, a lic- if you're licensed under any fiduciary kind of license, then you, theoretically you'd be screwing somebody over. But you and I both know that it's, it's never going to be like, hmm, should I list it for 500 or should I sell it to this guy for 350? Let me think about it. It's usually not the case. It's usually one or the other for because of whatever the circumstances are. So these idiots say, A, don't be licensed. And then these idiots say, you should trash realtors. Oh, you don't want to pay those realtors. They're goddamn crazy commissions. Those guys will screw you over six ways to Sunday. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, let's be honest. Nine out of 10 in, on average throughout the country, nine out of 10 properties are going to get listed with an agent. The idea that you can trash talk some guy out of listing it is just ludicrous. For me, I always, so, I mean, you know, you know, Tom Caffarella, right? You, did you have him? On oh there? yeah.
0: He's a good dude. Yeah. So he,
1: I've been to his office a few times a couple of years ago and he really opened my mind to it. He's like, the idea that you're not going to come up, come up against listing properties if you really go on enough appointments is absurd. You're going to hit it. And I've, and I've gone on, on, on appointments where I was sure that I was going to buy the property. And they ended up listing with me there and I've gone up to properties where I was sure I was going to list the property and they ended up agreeing to, 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 an offer. So I think it's, there's no reason not to do both. It's not the only, the only negative is if you don't, and I understand if you say, I don't want to take a listing, right? Cause I don't want to sit there doing an open house on a weekend. I understand that. So then just co broker it with some other guy who doesn't mind sitting there because in our, in our areas, the, the listing commissions are, you know, they're five figures. There's no reason to turn that down. You already spent money on the marketing. You spent the time, on the phone, whatever you're doing, your resources are spent. The idea that I'm just gonna say, screw this, I don't do listings, and let some other guy just pick up that thousand. I mean, I'm looking at my board. I got I got five listings right now. It's probably 50 grand that I'm gonna make on it. And why wouldn't I take that money? It's free money.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah, it, it, it's a mindset thing. And I, I just think that the big takeaway for this, and then we'll go in SEO, is like I I said this to a guy, I'm not gonna mention his name, great guy. He's in New York. And he was getting a lot of information from gurus in on the west coast or the western part of the country and i said listen dude i'm going to sound like a jerk off right now but just bear with me i think that the being i'm in california right now for a while and the biggest difference from new york people and west coast people i don't think people in california like get that like people in the east coast are just more blunt and urgent and out here i don't understand why they don't maybe the water's different out here so I, i was really direct with the guy i said listen stop taking advice from people who are not in your effing market, dude. And you know why? And I said, here's why. You're freaking getting information that could be true, but in our area, it's so damn different. And I said, listen to me, call Michael up, call Larry and Frank up, call whoever up, call Jeremiah or Billy. They'll tell you what to do and they're we're all here to help, but stop taking advice from people who are in other freaking time zones. And thinking that's going to directly correlate to a Northeast area, whether that's Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, Rhode Island,
1: where it's just different. And I said, yeah. it, it's going to help you so more than hurt you. You're a hundred percent right. You know, what, you know what Jason Lewis told me recently? I met him in, in Salt Lake City. He told me, yeah. I don't take referrals for, from service providers from anybody in Ohio. I said, why? He goes, because everything works in Ohio. He goes, I don't know. He goes, every single service provider I know, who used, who's working with a wholesaler in Ohio, he has success. So if somebody in Ohio says, hey, this PPC guy is great. He's like, I don't trust it because everything seems to work there in every single market. He goes, in certain areas, just things seem to work. And, and in New York, it's really the opposite, right? Almost yes, totally. very, very little works here, right? So I, I have a lot of service providers who are constantly hitting me up for some of the services we're talking about in this, podcast, so PPC or SEO. And I say to them, I say, I just want to let you know, if you're going to give me a, like a, a success list for people that are not in New York, I'm going to be very skeptical because it's just so different in New York. Things don't work the same in New York. And and as we've discussed on, on a hundred times, the way real estate is transacted in New York is different than 49 other States. And, and if the messaging is the same as you're doing elsewhere, some guy hit me up with Facebook ads and all, they, I'm constantly being bombarded. I'm, I, I'm like, I'm like a moron. With shiny object syndrome, I, I say, okay, I'll schedule a 15 minute the call. And then the guy will go on this thing and say how great it is. And then I'll be like, I'll be, and I say this to them honestly, I go, I gotta be honest with you. I just have no idea if it's gonna work here. And then they say something like, why shouldn't it work here? And then I know they don't know anything about New York because I say, it's just different here. Yep. The, way Transat, the way real estate works here is different. And you're hundred percent right. If you're getting advice, if you wanna operate in New York and you're getting advice from people that are not in New York, you're getting at least partially wrong advice. 100%. 100%.
0: So that's that's just and I, we we want to make this a recurring theme in our podcast because at the end of the day Michael and I make 95% of our money from owning real estate and flipping real estate and brokering real estate. So we have no ulterior motive for you. Yes, we do a little bit of coaching and consulting, but this is not a pitch for that. At the end of the day, we love this business and we're passionate about this business. That's why we do these calls once a week and You got to just take your advice from people who are doing it. And we are obviously qualified to do it. We've made millions and millions and millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars doing this. So we know what we're talking about and we're not bragging we're just being honest. So we're transitioning to SEO now in the back half of the show. And really the, the big difference between SEO and PPC is SEO is the long game. PPC can be the short game. And when I say the short game, I mean, 12 months to 18 months. SEO is more like 24 months to, you know, 100 years right when we're not even alive anymore (laughs) because at the end of the day seo is basically when you have a highly qualified and i'll just define it quickly for everyone it's when you have a highly qualified website via google which means that google identifies that your website is an authority and they basically their algorithm ranks your website up to the top of specific keyword searches Because Google feels like you're credible to potentially offer a service or a product to whoever's searching it. So how do you actually do that, right? I'm not an expert in SEO. Michael is not an expert in SEO. We know a little bit about it and how it works. But at the end of the day, once again, you want to either buy a course or buy a service and have the course. So what I mean by buy a course is I bought a course on how to do this via carrot. I hired a VA and I had them basically take that course and implement it so I can rank on Google. Fortunately, that has worked for me and I've made a lot of money doing it. So now my website, velocityhousebuyers.com, if you type in a keyword in the Hudson Valley, there's a very good chance I'm number one or number two, depending on what the keyword is. So I get leads sometimes overnight where people will be searching for something. Usually it's they want to sell a property. They'll stumble across my website because it ranks very high and they'll go to my website. There's a higher conversion rate there because it's just a, a more targeted you know, search. And they will fill out a form and I will get a lead and I'll be able to obviously just present an offer and negotiate. So the biggest thing that I've noticed with SEO leads is very similar to PPC. They're more intentional. They're, they're generally gonna make a decision a lot quicker than a cold caller or text. And you, know, you get deals that way. So I'll give you a quick case study. I have a deal, hopefully it's closing next week where someone typed in sell my house fast in Millwood, New York, which is in Westchester County, a very expensive area. And my website came up number one. We ended up getting the property under contract. We're wholesaling it for about 40 grand. And that's a free deal almost because that came from an organic search. So with that being said, I want to talk about the disadvantages to SEO and PPC right now, because I explained SEO. It's basically the same thing as PPC, but you're just ranking organically by putting out content, blog posts, videos, having backlinks and all this type of crap that I don't really know much about here's a disadvantage to this marketing that nobody likes to talk about. Okay. And I'll just, I'll start with a, a, um, a, a a different example in a different industry. Let's say that I have a, a plumbing problem in my house, which I don't fortunately, and I need to get a plumber to fix it. Okay. And if I don't have a a, a big timeline, I'm most likely going to call three or four plumbers and I'm going to see which plumber is going to either give me the best price or be the most down to earth plumber who's not gonna you know screw me over, so I might shop that around, and I think that's a pretty logical human being thing to do. Is if you're you know in a situation where there's supply and demand, and there's more you know uh, there's there's some uh, an abundance of supply out there, I'm probably gonna shop that around more likely than if a plumber has been following up with me via direct mail for ten years or whatever. So when you're getting leads online. More often than not, they're filling out a few different company forms. So here's why they do that: is because there's an abundant amount of websites out there that that offer the service. There's less in New York than there are in other areas. However, speed to lead is the key when you're dealing with these types of sellers. So if you get an SEO lead or a PPC lead and you don't call them back right away, you are just Running on a treadmill uphill versus running on a treadmill downhill. We really, what really, you say about that?
1: You're really putting $100 bills into a, into a shredding machine. Because yes. speed to lead is a big deal. You're paying for the lead. If it's SEO, you're paying for you know constant whatever the hell, optimization, uh, yeah. backlinks or, or uh, optimization of your site. And if it's PPC, you're paying for the actual click. And speed's a big deal. It is common for them to click on multiple on multiple people and to send in multiple forms and to inquire with multiple places, they there is a, a speed factor involved much more so than in, in a lot of other marketing channels. So if you're not if you're not able to deal with that quickly, you are risking really losing a lot of money. Hundred percent. So the thing with that is that
0: at the end of the day, the seller just wants to get their problem solved. Generally. In a reasonable time frame, They're not desperate. Usually they're not, you know, going to sell tomorrow or anything like that. But you need to make sure that you get on the phone with them right away. And the way you can separate yourself is by doing what Michael and I were talking about, being upfront with sellers, being transparent with them, telling them what their options are. But I found that I had, I, I'm going to share another case study, and this is an SEO lead that was probably the craziest deal I've ever seen in my life. And I think this will drive home the point. This guy, this is in Saugerties, is on 28 Brady Road, I believe. He reached out to me on a Saturday. in This is this year in January. I was literally eating dinner at a restaurant. This is back, you know, when, when it was hard to do that with COVID. It, like it's, peaks. <laughs> so I was like, cool, pumped about that. And I was in New York and this guy reached out and he's like, I got this property. I need to get rid of it. I'm in a jam. And it was a very urgent timeline. It was, it was rare that I would see I, that I see that. So anyway, he called a bunch of other people. A lot of them are my friends, which is cool. Cause there's not that many people in New York. And I generally know everyone who's also doing this business and he spoke to multiple people. He got multiple bids. He ended up bringing $70,000 $70, to the table for me to buy his house. I ended up wholesaling it. It wasn't a huge deal, but it was good enough to, to be worth it. <laughs> and He took my low offer over a good friend of ours offer because he straight up liked me more. right? And I, I was so candid with the guy and I was so honest with what the truth was. He just felt like that was enough for him to bring even more money to the table for me to buy his house. So I'm not telling you that story to pound on my chest. I'm telling you that story because even if you're going to be in a competitive situation, if, if you get the seller to like you more than other people, people will go with your lower offer sometimes. Like they'll, they'll just say, you know what? I might get more from Rick Jones, but uh, you know, this guy, Greg, or this guy, Michael was more honest with me. and I feel like I can just trust him more. Listen,
1: there's a, a, big, worth it, money. There's a big trust factor. For a lot of people, this Huge. is the biggest transaction they're ever going to conduct in their lifetime. And most of the time, if they're selling it to us, it's because of some kind of issue with the property or, or their own personal situation. And if they trust you, you're going to be able to do it, it's a big deal over some guy who may be offering more, but they feel is slimy or gross. Um, so for sure, it's a big deal. Should, do, should I share a good SEO story with you? I would love. I love using stories, man. So. I, I never really d- dove deep into SEO, but I had a situation where someone was sort of optimizing my site. She optimized my site and um, I got an SEO lead from it. And the lady <laughs> called me and she says, um, my house is listed for sale. So I said, listen, if it's listed for sale, which is probably not a good fit. So she goes, well, I go, wait a second. Let me take a look. I look at it. She's asking, it's in West Hempstead in a really nice part of West Hempstead. She's asking $6.99 for it. I said, lady, you don't need me. I go, just drop the price to $599. I go, it's a $600,000 house. You'll sell it right away. She goes, I I want you to come today. No way. That's sweet word. So I go there. House in pretty good shape. It's got got three bathrooms in it, and it's three and a half bathrooms. I think it's only supposed to have one and a half. Oh, okay. She wasn't being so upfront with me about it. I'm like, I'm going to pay you significantly less than what you're asking. She goes, just make me an offer. After some negotiation, she sold it to me for $450,000. Now, what was the story? I found out later. She had, she had a buyer who came in and saw these bathrooms that weren't, that weren't on there, that weren't, that weren't officially known by the town of Hempstead, and the fire bolted. She really needed to close. She was actually moving to Westchester, and she thought every single buyer was going to be in the same situation. So I bought it for 450 on a Friday Sunday. I was at my mother-in-law's pool. Somebody calls me and says, Hey, I really want to see that house. I heard from the agent who I had it before that you have it. Now I went there in my flip-flops and my bathing suit. I showed them the house and they agreed to 575 after two days. So unfortunately in New York, I wish i made 125,000. I didn't cause the closing costs and the holding costs and all the other costs added up, but SEO is good. Like this was a re- this was a really good deal. I would not have gotten that deal if I didn't do what I did. Spend a little bit of money on SEO. So um, she was very motivated. But but the truth is, like I was super honest with her, and she she told me that. Like I told her, listen, just drop the price. Yeah, you don't need me. And she was like, no, I need you. And I provided that service. She needed to know that she was going to be able to close on. I think the condo she was buying in in New Rochelle, whatever the hell it is. And she needed to know that. And like that was all she wanted, not to have the uncertainty of some other buyer that was going to agree to it and then was going to come up at the last minute and say I can't close because there's some kind of issue with the per- unpermitted additions. So I was fine with it, and it worked out great. So that's, I- awesome. So that was that's awesome. So that's awesome. Great story.
0: And that that's the thing too, where like I had the similar one this year. It was a mailer, but like it was the same thing. Like it was listed on the market, and I'm like, yo, just why the hell are you on the phone with me? And you know, there was, yeah, there, there was some other crap going on with this guy, but I mean, you never know. I think the biggest thing, you know, this is correlated to marketing sort of, but like when you're honest with the
1: seller there, you you just can't lose. You really can't lose. The pushback is the greatest thing. Like I, I teach all my people in all my company. I go, if anybody is not nice, if anybody's not answering questions, if everybody's giving you wrong answers, just say, listen, we're investors. We need to buy properties at a profit, at a discount to make a profit. It sounds like we're not a good fit. You can't lose when you say that because, and, and so many guys in this business are afraid to do that, to push back. And, it, and, it's, very, and it's, hard, it's a challenge for me to teach my Filipino uh, lead intake people to do that because they're all into like customer service. Like, yes, 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 whatever you want. So yeah, I feel like you have to push back. I go, because when you push back, only two things can happen. Either the guy goes, you're right, and hangs up the phone, and you didn't waste any more time with some jerk, or the truth comes out. Either way, it's a, it's a win-win. You can't lose. By pushing back, you can't lose. Now, the, 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 the newbies and the ignorant people think that by pushing back, you're going to lose that lead, right? That guy who wants to sell me the house. I'm going to say, uh, we're not a good fit. And the guy's going to, okay, I'll call another investor. That's not what's going to happen. He's going to tell you the truth, or he's going to end the call, and he's never going to sell to any investor. So it, it's a beautiful thing to push back. And you and I are not afraid to push back. And I think that's uh, one of the reasons why we're successful.
0: I agree with you, man. It's so true. And at the end of the day, like, don't, if you are willing to push back, which hopefully after listening to the show, you are, you just got to understand that sales is really a disqualification process. Like, if I was, it it doesn't have to be in real estate. Let's say Michael and I have this huge software company or some crap like that. And like, we have a bunch of leads coming in and these people don't want software. They want, uh, I don't know, they want hamburgers. Hamburgers. (laughs) Yeah. Which I'm not the biggest fan of. Like, I'm going to say, listen, it sounds to me like, you're really looking for a hamburger. You're not looking for software. So I don't really think this makes any sense. They're either going to say, "Well, I do want software. I just didn't tell you why I needed software," or they're going to say, "You know what? You're right. I appreciate you being honest with me." So this is any. This isn't anything. This could be in dating. This anything. could be doing anything. anything. It, it doesn't matter. You know, as anything. I always say, you can't you can't sell steak to vegans.
1: Exactly, and it's counterintuitive, right? Because people think sales is this is this. I'm going to cl- oh ABC always be closing, always be closing, and you're going to convince somebody who doesn't really want what you have to offer to take what you have to offer. And it just doesn't, that's, that's not how it works. As you say, you can't sell steak to vegans. So if you're selling steak and the guy says, Hey, I'm a vegan. You might want to say, we're probably not a good fit. And he goes, no, no, I'm buying it for my sister. Who's a real carnivore. Like then you'll get the, <laughs> truth. You get the truth or the guy goes, you're right. I would never use steak, but either way you win. Like you can't lose by pushing back. You can't.
0: I love it, man. I, lo- I could talk about this for four hours. I, I think the biggest <laughs> thing is like, you know, well, I'll summarize the marketing and then we'll wrap the show up. But at the end of the day, if you're doing PPC, number one, get a service provider. Number two, be in it for at least a year, if not longer. If you're doing SEO, buy a course, have a VA go through the course or hire a service provider, a service provider. be in that for at least two years or else you're going to be wasting your time. And
1: it's reasonable that on SEO, you won't see any results for 18 months. Oh, 100%. You're just going to be, you're going to be, if you're not committing, don't think I'm going to dabble. And and what, and a lot of SEO providers tell you, oh, you'll see results in two, three months. You'll you'll be ranking, you're going to be ranking my higher. It just doesn't work that way in in, in busy markets like we have. Yeah. In Topeka, Kansas, you could probably get to the top of the rankings in a few months, but not where there's a humongous amount of search. So you have, if you're not willing to commit to 18 to 24 months, don't put a dollar into it
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. But understand too, when you do that, when you invest in the marketing on the SEO or PPC side, you're going to get better quality leads. You got to understand speed to lead. You got to understand those people are reaching out to you for a specific reason. And you got to dig a little bit deeper. Don't be afraid to get to the truth. And at the end of the day, it could be a great marketing channel, but they could both be great marketing channels. They can be arsenals. I wouldn't say your whole business should depend on them. I think that is a mistake. But at the end of the day, you can- One thing
1: we didn't speak about, and that is- that the truth is most of the people I know that I buy from and I think a lot of people you buy from are older some yes of those people are not, some to the some of those people digital market they don't even know what the hell google is right so a lot of them may talk to their grandchild you know via zoom but a lot of them are not looking online and that's why some of the other methods calling mailing all those other methods are you, you need to you can't you can't only be in digital marketing I know we know people that are, are only in digital marketing and and it, and it works for them and that's fine but I think it's foolish to think that when when mo- our major our, our biggest demographic is significantly older, we should, might want to stay away from the from the digital market. And to a lot of people that are young in this business, they look at it as I, why the hell would I read a postcard and why the hell would I answer a phone call? But it's you're not your, you're not the seller. The sellers are probably a lot older than you. And those sellers, some of them have no clue how digital market. I can't tell you. I still I try to get email addresses all the time. And I would say probably one out of four times I get something like, I have an email address, but I haven't checked in in 12 years, or I don't have an email address. Like that, That's, that's a, a reality in the demographic that we try to. So digital marketing is great. It works. But to think that you're, you're not going to grab, uh, if, considering what our target demographic is for our sellers, it's probably not the only uh, 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 marketing channel you should use.
0: you just use it as a supplement don't use it as the main correct Correct. as the main meal use it as like your little pudding on the side versus the you know the piece of chicken you're going to eat or whatever or which should be mailing and calling or whatever like that
1: fantastic metaphor (laughs) there you
0: go yeah learn that from listening to a million podcasts (laughs) so hope everyone got value today from the show I know they definitely did and um if you get value from the show please leave a review and share it if you if you're listening to the show and you haven't shared it yet Michael and I are going to knock on your door at 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning. We're going to find you. We're going to throw you in the back of a car. We're going to drop you off at a dump. And we're going to say, you got to leave a review or else you're not leaving this dump. I'm just kidding. Are you picking
1: picking me up this Sunday or am I picking you up? (laughs) I'll pick
0: you up. We'll drive out to the dump in Nassau County and we'll throw some people who haven't shared the show in the dump. So anyway, hope they got some value and uh, shared the show. And we'll see everyone on the next episode.